Hey everyone, Jonathan McKinnis here with the Purpose and Performance Podcast, where we're going to talk about topics that will motivate and inspire and help you tap into your purpose and improve your performance in life and in business. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, Jonathan McKinnis here with the Purpose and Performance Podcast, and I am continuing on with my fall season of our Purpose and Performance Podcast. And and one of the things that I wanted to do in my podcast this season is to really focus on a one-word topic and then just sort of go off of that. So we recently had somebody on, John Horsley, and we were talking about listening. And uh, I thought that was a really cool topic because there's uh, really some depth when it comes to listening and understanding um, how to listen and, and how to be present and things of that nature. And uh, today we're going to actually talk about the uh, the term learning and uh, being teachable and being coachable and uh, you know looking at the traits of a of a good learner and how you can continue to grow in life by learning and and of course they say that if you're not learning or if you're you're not growing then you're dying and I think that we always have to have a constant attitude of learning. So uh, today I have none other than Sean Haas on the, uh, the program with me on the podcast recording, and I'm thankful for Sean. Sean, if you don't know who he is, he is a mayoral candidate for uh, South Bend. He's running um, as the lone Republican, um, and he's going against um, uh, James Mueller as well. And so we're having Sean on not uh, for any sort of political reason, but more so because I think he's got great perspective. Sean is a husband, he's a father, he's a school teacher, he's a military veteran, and um, he's also consistently learning. And of course, if anybody is stepping into politics and they've never had a history of being in politics, then I believe that it takes somebody that is willing to stretch themselves and willing to learn. But I think that from his perspective of just being a school teacher, I think Sean can speak uh, to the uh, topic of learning and being teachable. So Sean, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, I just want to go ahead and get right into just a few questions here. And um, first, just sort of introduce yourself. I think some of the people that's on listening to my podcast uh, may not know much about you. So just kind of let me know a little bit of your history. Well, I um, grew up in South Bend uh, most of my life. Uh, only four years that I spent outside of it was when I was in the military uh, right after high school. Um, dad was a teacher, brother's a teacher still. Um, mom worked for First Source for 30 plus years. So um, I feel like I've always kind of had the desire to serve my community. I think that's part of the reason I went into the military and then continued on with teaching. Um, but I've, I've been living here in South Bend with my wife and my daughter since about uh, we got married in about 2011. Uh, we had our daughter in 2013, and she is six now, and she is definitely uh, she wants she's someone who keeps me honest anymore. Oh yeah, man, I've got a daughter too, and uh, two sons, and and um, I tell you what, I feel the same way. So yeah. it's it's nothing like uh, having, you know, I had two sons and. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I have just a brother and so I didn't really have any girls in the house. And then I had my daughter and I was like, wow, it really changed things for me. So, uh, uh, is a little bit of a, a different experience because I wasn't used to having a girl around the house, you know? And so how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I kind of in the same mode, um, <laughs> I had an older sister yeah. uh, and she was much older and then we had five boys. So she was the oldest and then we had five boys. So I really didn't get much of the experience <laughs> of having a, a little girl around the house. Yeah. And so this was definitely a learning experience for me and kind of <laughs> trying to understand uh, how that dynamic works between father and daughter. Absolutely. Well, there, there you go. We're see, we're already getting into the topic of learning. And so we'll go ahead and get right into it then. And um, I want to learn a lot about uh, your perspective. And so as a teacher, 
I know that you're dealing with um, obviously a lot of students and, um, and, and I think you probably know more than anybody what the traits of a good learner are. And so remember, you're speaking to people that might be husbands, might be uh, wives, um, might be fathers, mothers, they may be in a business setting and they, uh, they may be a coach or a leader themselves. And so from your perspective, what do you think maybe the top uh, traits are of a, of a good learner? Well, I think number one is is someone who knows their limitations in the sense that they know when to ask for help, and uh, I think that's something that I that I feel like I'm pretty good at actually, and why why I've uh, kind of grown quite a bit since since my high school days as a learner. You have to know you have to know when you need help, um, and I think being able to ask for help is an, is another trait that you'd like to be able to see. That's I mean, good. I mean, obviously, discipline as far as being able to balance all of your responsibilities is something that I, I definitely look for in, in good students, um, especially with as many extracurricular activities students are taking on these days, whether you're talking about clubs or sports. A lot of them take on jobs as well, and so then they have to now balance all of that with being in school. And so being able to kind of recognize your limitations, being able to balance all of those responsibilities, mm-hmm. uh, having the discipline to know when to say, well, I got, I've got to stop here and I've got to kind of regroup and, and go do this. Um, I think those are, those are the, some of the things that I look for in a good student. You don't have to be academically gifted, I think, to be a good student. It definitely, okay. it definitely helps. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, it's good to have some of that natural ability. It definitely um, lightens the load. But... Uh, it's not a necessary trait, I think, to have in a really good learner. Man, that's really good. I think the I want to kind of uh, maybe camp around the idea of asking for help. Um, I think young people. I know when I was younger, I was kind of the, a shy, sort of introverted, so it was a little bit more difficult to ask for help in that big classroom setting. But I think um, from an adult standpoint, why do you think many adults have trouble asking for help? Do you think there's something? There's a dynamic there where maybe there's a there's a pride issue, there's maybe a humility issue. I mean, what, what would be your perspective? Because I know there's a lot of people that they struggle with with just reaching out and asking for help. I think you hit the nail on the head. Pride, I think, is one of the the, the biggest things that prevents people from asking for help. I think they'll look at um, they'll look inward and they'll say, "Well, if I'm asking for help, it's because I'm weak in some in some capacity," yeah. and I think uh, I think that's a mistake. Um, we can't do it alone. I think mm-hmm. I, I've, all, I mean, sports-wise, I've always believed in being on a team. I don't like playing individual sports like mm-hmm. ping pong or tennis or anything yeah. like that. I, I, I enjoy the the dynamic of team, and I think being able to ask for help is is a is a really good trait because you do recognize where your where your limits are and where where you struggle. And I think for a lot of people, yeah, like you said, it's pride. They don't want to be perceived as someone who can't do it on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you think about it. It, I feel like the people who do accomplish those things on their own, I mean, you have to give them credit and you have to be amazed by them. Mm-hmm. But I, I really believe in the idea of it takes a village. You know, you really have mm-hmm. to be able to work together as a community, I think, not just for yourself to be successful, uh, successful but for everyone to be successful. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. I mean, that's, uh, that's a struggle for a lot of people, especially if you're in a leadership position. I think... Um, it's, it, you don't want to show maybe vulnerability. And I think that's, that's one of the things that I'll say that that's really helped me in my manager role. Cause I've, uh, I've progressed from being somebody that had no idea what they were doing in, in my secular job as a mortgage professional. I didn't, I had no idea when I first started back in 2006, 
I never even didn't even own a home yet. And so I had no idea. So um, I had to be willing to learn, but I asked a lot of different questions because I didn't, um, I didn't know any better. And so I was willing to ask questions. I was willing to ask for help. But then as time went on and life progressed and I started to become fairly successful in the business, I ended up becoming a manager. Um, but I, you know what? I've never, I don't think that I've ever gotten to a point where I act like I know it all or I feel like I've got all the answers. Uh, one of the things that I really try to press in, into everyone around me is that, hey, you, you're probably better at this than I am, even though maybe I'm in a leadership role. What do you think? You know, what, what's your perspective? And I'm trying to ask other people what they think. And I think that maybe helps uh, them understand that, you know, Jonathan isn't a know-it-all, but number two, I think it also helps them grow when I'm willing to say, hey, uh, you know, what do you think? Yeah, and I think even in teaching, you, you think um, like sometimes, oh, you see these amazing teachers out there, they're not doing it all on their own. I think there's yeah. there, we look for a lot of resources out on the internet. There's always somebody who kind of uh, has yeah. come up with a really good way to get a concept across or to, to tackle a, a certain idea. Yeah. And so, it, I mean, I don't, I would say 70% of the things that I do in class are probably things that I have found and sought out or talked with other teachers about on yeah. how to accomplish. Um, and and they and they work really well just because I'm I'm not always putting the pressure on me to do everything. Right. And this is uh this is something that's starting to kind of come to fruition here with this mayoral race yeah. as well. It's uh during the summer it was very easy, I think, to juggle all of the responsibilities of running right. the campaign, being a dad and that. Um, but now being back in school, I'm noticing yeah. that I, I need help. Uh, yeah. and, and I'm hoping that I'm hoping that that's something that I'm going to be able to find here in the next, uh, well, in the very near future, right. because I'm we're getting close to crunch time, yeah. and I, I'm just kind of being pulled in a lot of different directions, and so I I recognize my limitations here for sure, and so help is something that I'm going to be seeking out. Absolutely, and so I think that's good. So, and, and of course, I think you'll have I you know I'm, I'm hoping you'll have a lot of people that's willing to to step on board, and so I think there there's a to me. Um, and I was telling you off the uh, the recording is that you know I think there's two traits that uh, or I should say two maybe activities when it comes to fulfilling one's purpose in life and a lot of people ask you know what's the meaning of life what's life's purpose and and for me you know I'm being um, in a pastoral position um, pastoral position along with a secular job I mean I have obviously different perspective and. Um, uh, in a deeper perspective, maybe than, than some other people that just look on the surface. But the, I think there's two things that everybody can agree on. And one is, I believe that you need to be willing to be teachable, be willing to, to learn. You're always learning, but also be willing to pour into people and be willing to help people out. And I think that helps fulfill your purpose and fulfill growth in one's life. Um, and, and it really makes a difference. Actually, there's a quote that I, that I wrote down that I thought was good. And this is from Benjamin Franklin. He says, tell me and I forget. Teach me, and I remember. Involve me, and I learn. And I think when you come alongside people, and you start involving people, and you start pouring into people, it's not only helping them learn, but it's helping you continue to fulfill your purpose in life. And I think that's very important to mentor people, but also, um, you know, be mentored yourself. Um, so let me get into that right now too. So for you as a um, you know, as a husband and as a father and as, as a leader really in your home, uh, what are some maybe tips that you can give to people uh, or maybe what are some, some things that you've learned uh, that helps you be a better teacher, that helps you pour into people a little bit more? So I know that we need to be teachable, but as a leader, what are some tips that you could maybe give to other leaders to help, to help them, would you say? I mean, I think 
engaging people in the sense that, that asking them questions about, about how they're doing. I think with students especially, um, the more that you have contact with them, the more you can, can kind of read them as a, mm-hmm. as a person when they're having issues. Right. And just being able to reach out and let them know that you care in the sense that you want to, you want to help. I think whether you get into any type of service profession like, like yourself as a pastor or even as a teacher, mm-hmm. you want that, that's, that's your goal is to help people, not just help them learn, but help them grow yeah. um, as a person. And so being, I think being willing to show that you are engaged with them, that you, that you notice things when they're yes. wrong or if when things are going well and you, and you want to let them know that, that that's something that you care about. You care about their growth as a person and as a learner. Um, it's one of those things though I don't think you can you can do right out of the shoot. It's something that kind of comes with experience. Mm-hmm. But I think you can only you can only get that experience by putting yourself out there. And so at like for me, someone who's been teaching for almost 10 years now, I feel like I'm very good at gauging when my students are down, when they're mm-hmm. up, and then being able to kind of reach out to them whether it's good or bad and trying to build them up. In yes. a sense, you know, let them know, hey, you, you got to ask for help. Are you doing all right? right? I might not be the one you want to talk to, but if I can be a conduit or somebody yes. who's going to be an in-between between someone who can help you, that that's something I think that is an important part. Yeah. Man, that's good. Being a conduit, being a connector and um, showing empathy. And that was the, another thing when I was on with uh, John Horsley recently, we were talking about um, that, uh, you know, kind of being in their shoes or being a present with them. And I think if you're being a good, if you're really a good teacher, then I think that you're not just going through the material and then you're moving on, and, but you're actually gauging how the people are around you and, and if they're really retaining it and slowing down and asking, so do you get that? And, and then I think you mentioned just kind of almost one-off situations. So you might teach to the group, but you're also then engaging individually with the with the student and, and kind of maybe catering it uh, to their needs as well because not all students learn the same way I think right right absolutely I think um, so when I teach a concept I, I'll do basically the book the book definition or the book concept and, and but I'll try and explain it several different ways try and use you know sometimes silly examples that may not have anything to do with the the subject itself but it's something that they can connect with or something that they understand a little bit better and i think that's something that at least for my students it it shows them that i'm really i am trying i'm i'm putting in a, a good effort to try and help them understand these concepts because whether or not they're going to need geography in their in their real life i mean i always tell them geography is really important right. actually <laughs> in understanding uh you know culture and history and that yeah. kind of stuff um, just kind of showing them that there's a lot of different ways to look at different material. And it, yeah. it may not be something that they're going to use in that specific subject, but down the road they can probably make some connections in other things that they're learning through interactions with me. Yeah, and then um, I would imagine that, you, that building that trust factor makes a big difference because when people trust you and they feel safe, then I feel like it's easier for them to learn. Um, one thing that uh, I was just in a, a small group with some some business leaders just yesterday, as a matter of fact, and we were talking about um, having a, in a, on a business sense, we talk about having our you know business meetings, our our office meetings, and you know we'll try to have a consistent meeting with our group. But then I think where a lot of times leaders drop the ball is they they don't engage on a personal level with their employees, and they don't engage on a personal level maybe with the people. Uh, around them if it's a student. And so if you're not building that trust factor as a business leader, um, I think that you're dropping the ball. And that's where I need to work a little bit better. You know, I, I feel like, you know, I'm pretty good at hosting uh, group meetings and making sure that we've got, a, you know, hopefully healthy meetings and good dialogue. 
But then what am I doing in one-off situations to take the time to engage, to be present with the people that I'm trying to lead? Because I think that's where you're going to start to help them learn more as opposed to just in the in the, uh, the the big group environment. And so that, to me, that's a, it's a big deal. And so I think building trust is good. Now, another thing that I wanted to talk to you about is, is learning through, through failing. And I think failure is obviously a fact of life. Um, what's your take and perspective on, on just failing? Um, I think John Maxwell said, sometimes you, you win and, and sometimes you learn. And so uh, most of the time you're learning because you're not, most people are not winning all the time. I mean, we're always failing. And so failing forward is another quote people say is continuing to learn from your failures. But um, what's your take on failure and what has that taught you in, uh, in your life? What can you share with us? Failure is part of life. And I think that's something I'll com- uh, communicate with my students as well. We'll talk about, I mean, the United States, the Articles of Confederation was an absolute uh, failure. Uh, and what came out of it as far as for the United States was the best constitution, I think, on on earth. Amen. And so I, I always say that failure is the best opportunity to learn from your mistakes. You can always build upon that. And so it's always incumbent on you to kind of pick yourself up and look at it. Obviously, you're, you're upset that things didn't go well, but it's not something that you need to dwell on in the sense that, oh, I failed. Mm-hmm. It's how can I, how can I learn from this event? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the one thing I try and communicate with my students is that this is an opportunity for you to improve yourself improve your process, um, make sure that you're not making the same mistakes over again. Uh, so failure, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a good thing, mm-hmm. but it is definitely something that, that you can turn into a net positive, even though it might, the outcome may not have been what you thought it was going to be. You can always look at that as an opportunity to change how you're going to attack the next problem. Um, and it's definitely, I think, a, a good thing to, to fail because you learn. I think it's a mindset and um, I think the the best learners have the best attitudes because uh, they're willing to get up and, and go. So maybe it's a little bit of a change of, of pace on this conversation, but uh, still kind of in that, that same vein of learning. What, what's your thoughts on, on how you keep your mind right when you're going through maybe those uncertain moments in, in your life? And you're going through that right now. You're stretching yourself. I mean, obviously, you know, running for mayor is never, you know, you're, you've been a little bit more in the spotlight and, you know, things of that nature. But um, even in the military, I'm sure you had moments where you had uncertainty and confusion. You're like, man, I don't know if I'd made the right decision here. Um, so for you, how do you keep your mental fortitude? You know, how do you stay strong in your life and, and just keep pressing forward? Well, it's interesting you said the military because when I joined the military, I, I was about, 60, 70 pounds heavier than what I was. And that first few weeks of basic training was, yeah. it really made me question what I was doing. Uh, but I was talking to my wife, even, I mean, just this morning and last night about this. And I think you rally around the people who believe in you. And even I think that that belief in, or those people that are around you that believe that you can't accomplish these things is a really good way to kind of refocus your energy. Because it's it's been it's been tough so far um, since we've been back in school to really juggle all of the responsibilities of of grading and prepping mm-hmm. for class and um, and then also now once school gets out well now I got to go back on the campaign trail and yeah. meet with people and, and and try and get out as much as possible um, and it and it is stretching me it, it's it's physically it's it's uh, it's difficult mm-hmm. but we just kind of she reminded me that there's a whole lot of people out there that believe in in what I'm doing. And I, I think the reason I got into this race was because just like I went into the military and why I went into teaching, it's I, I like serving people, I like mm-hmm. helping people. And I think my approach to being mayor is not 
a Republican or a Democrat thing. It's a it's a people thing. I feel like schools and public safety, which are the biggest focus of, of my campaign, those are things that cross lines. Those aren't, mm-hmm. those aren't political at all. And just kind of reminding myself that what I'm doing is not motivated by personal success. It's it's right. motivated by because I want to help people. Mm-hmm. And and that message has resonated with a very, you know, core group of people here in South Bend. And I just have to keep reminding myself that these people believe. And I think they've they've taken the time to listen to me. They've taken the time to to read um, things that I've said or things that I want to do. And I think that that for me, that's what's sustaining me right now. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. I've got about 67 or 66 days before the election mm-hmm. um, and it's going to get down into crunch time. I'm hoping I can rally more people to me because mm-hmm. I think I feed off of that. I think that mm-hmm. that confidence that I can get off of people believing in me is something that that's going to help me carry through. Yeah, I mean, so a few takeaways, folks, that just for me that I got from that right there is Number one is if you're wanting to continue to have mental strength and keep pressing forward in learning, um, it would be connecting with people who root for you. So have your tribe, have those people who's at your, you know, there's a, there's a saying that I always remember. And that is you ask yourself the question, who's at my table? In other words, who's at your board of directors? You know, who, who's, who are you letting pour into you? Who are you letting, whose opinions are you listening to? Because you're always going to have a critic. You know that just as much as anybody, if you're in any sort of political race, you know, so you're always going to have critics. If you're successful in business, if you're successful in life, uh, there's always going to be people that want to pull you down. And so you have to ask yourself, who's at my table? Who am I letting, whose opinions do I really care about? Number one, so connect with people I think who will root for you and who's going to be on your side, who's going to be on your team. It's okay to have people that maybe will be a, a good, uh, maybe counter argument and a good devil's advocate in your life so that you can kind of sharpen you and get you right. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't want to like ignore them. Um, but I think connecting with people that's going to root for you is important. Uh, number two, the other thing that I took from Sean's uh, you know, discourse there is that remember your why, remember your purpose. Why did you even start this thing? You know, is it deeper than just you? Is it deeper than just your own reputation? And as he said, it is. And so I think remembering your why, remembering your purpose, and then just feeding off of those two things. And did I get that right? I, I mean, think so. Yeah. And I, I liked what you said about listening to people who, who disagree with you. I, I mean, I think Lincoln, one of the, one of the best presidents that we've had, Built his cabinet as around a team of rivals, and yeah. he he liked to have those balancing perspectives. I think if you surround yourself with yes men or yes women mm-hmm. uh, that only agree with you, you get kind of a false sense of security that everything yeah. you're doing is correct. So I I love to have things that are people around me that that balance what I want to do because it, it, it allows me to kind of see it from a different perspective and say, well, where yeah. can we meet? I think compromise is the most important part Absolutely. of our system and, and coming to an agreement, being able to mm-hmm. uh, get with people who don't think like you politically, morally, however yeah. it is, and trying to uh, hammer out a, an agreement that both of you can can work with Absolutely. is something that I think is super important. Man, that's like one of the foundations of life is, is compromising in order for you to continue to move forward and learning from other people. And I think that's really good. Um, I think um, let's let me kind of change direction or, or maybe just sort of shift a little bit. Still talking about learning, but let's go from the perspective of a husband and a father or a spouse or a um, or a mother. And so, from your standpoint, um, you know, I, I this this will help me because you know I'm, I'm a father too and, uh, and I'm a, a husband. So maybe uh, give me some tips on on what you've learned to be maybe a better father, a better spouse, you know, what's one of your top two things you'd say, Hey, if you're a dad, if you're a mom, you know, 
this is something that that's really helped me. Or if you're a, a husband or um, you're a wife, you know, this has really helped me to have kind of a, a good uh, a relationship with, uh, with my family. Patience. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, so like I said, not, not having a, a little girl growing up um, yeah. in my house, really this, having her in my life now, Kai has just been a complete 180 from what, what I would have expected as being a dad. It's just, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't really know. And trying to be patient, not just with her, but, but patient um, with myself in the sense that I, I know that sometimes I, I can't do everything. I mean, I want to be there all the time for her. And especially with the, this race coming, um, it's, it's been hard to be a father, but I have to kind of be patient with myself and understand that, that I, I put myself into this position because I wanted to do something positive. And if I'm lacking in some way as a father, and I feel like, I mean, honestly, I feel like I have in, in a lot of ways in the last few months because I haven't been around as much. And so being, being patient with who I am, um, being patient with my daughter when she does things that I don't expect or whether, you know, I think that's, the, that's one of the hardest things I've, I've had to deal with is because um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm my own worst critic. I put a lot of pressure on myself and uh, it's hard to keep and maintain that balance between happiness and, and being upset. So uh, it's, it's still something I'm going through. I think I even have a hard time articulating it right now because I know that I'm struggling with it. But um, pushing through perseverance, I think you have to, you have to understand that, that uh, and I, I believe God doesn't, doesn't put anything in front of us that, that he doesn't believe we, can, we can't accomplish. Right. And mm-hmm. so I kind of have to keep that faith. And I think that's why church for me is very important. Yeah. That contemplation, that meditation time that I can sit there yeah. and, and kind of um, ask for help, ask for guidance, ask yes. for strength. Um, it's something that, that I, I mean, my faith has become a lot more important to me, I think, yeah. in the last uh, six, seven months yeah. than, uh, than awesome. it has in my whole life. Man, that's awesome. I think that's that's right. I mean, patience and humility is kind of the two things I got from that. And and I'll say the the first thing that when I first uh, one of the first times that I've met you, we were actually hosting our church was hosting a community event called uh, bringing our community together. And um, the first thing you said was, "Hey, what can I do to help?" And I thought that was really good. I mean, you we were hosting the event. You helped with cleaning up, putting chairs away, and and to me that just spoke volumes about just the humility that you have. Um, and you stuck around, you know, you were there and, um, you were willing to be a part of it. And, and, um, I think that just shows that humility, that, that servant mentality was, is just really cool. And, um, you know, nobody knew you weren't telling everybody you're running for a political office or anything like that. You were just, you know, connecting and serving and you were in the Northwest side of your community where you live. And, um, it was just, it was really a cool thing. And so when you're talking about church and God and everything, you were just willing to serve and, but willing to, to just kind of connect with people. And I thought that was really good. It was a, it was a really, I mean, that was a really good day. I felt like, um, I tried to keep it apolitical. I didn't want to, I didn't want to make it about me in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, so I brought my daughter and she was able to connect with other kids, which I love. I love, I mean, that's one of the the great things that I get to watch as a dad is watching her be who she is with other people. And she passes her joy along. I mean, she is one of the nicest people I've ever met. And I feel like that I feel a little bit of pride there, just because I think that we we've taught her that. But mm-hmm. um, I, I know that I know that God has a big part in who she yeah. is. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let me uh, let me ask you a couple more questions, and we'll wrap it up. So, the uh, the first one uh, is, and this is kind of going back to sort of the general topic of learning. But uh, what's your thoughts on is leading or is success a learned 
thing or is it just innate and it's just natural? Like, hey, these are just natural born leaders or do you feel like they can learn uh, to be leaders, people I, can. I think it's a learned trait. Even the greatest leaders, I think, have had some really good mentors in their life that have made them uh, ready at a very young age. For me, um, I would say that at this point, I feel like I can be a good leader, but that's something that has been cultivated since mm -hmm. I was probably in high school. Yeah. And I probably wasn't, you asked some of my teachers, I, I struggled my first couple yeah. years in high school, but grew quite a bit the last two. That my military experience, the time in college, I think I wouldn't have been successful in school if I didn't have that military yeah. background. And so, I mean, I'm 37 now, be mm -hmm. 38 in January. I feel like it's taken me about almost 20 years to become someone who I believe I can lead. But it's still, I'm not a leader in the sense that I think I can do it all on my own. Right. I'm, I'm always a team player. I feel like help, um, that support group that you have makes you a good leader. And so it's it's not something I think that is innate. I right. think you have to learn how to do that. And some people learn earlier than others, and mm -hmm. they can they can jump into that fire uh, much sooner. But for me, I feel like I've I've had to build up over a couple of decades to mm -hmm. be put in this position where I think I can do it. I think that's great, and you know that that to me it it shares hope with a lot of people that might be listening. Is that you may be a young person that's still in high school. You may have just gotten into college or going into a different uh, career, maybe or. You're just uh, you're in a position where you're feeling like, well, there's no way I can do this. Um, I I think that um, Sean, you you hit it on the head, I believe, because that's the same way I feel is that it is it is learned. I think that sometimes we have a false uh, sense of 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 somebody maybe being born with leadership qualities, maybe because they have taken action a little bit sooner, or maybe they've had family members that um, at a younger age uh, poured into them differently than. Than maybe other uh, children, um, but I do believe that it is learned because um, I definitely uh, would never be in the position that I'm in uh, without me learning a lot and failing a lot and and, and really just stretching and get out of my, getting out of my comfort zone. So what I would say, what I would encourage everybody that's listening is is be willing uh, to to learn, be willing to lead when you have an opportunity. And um, I think when you just volunteer to say, yes, I'll do that, or I'll, I'll go ahead and stretch, or I'll get out of my comfort zone, then I think it's just pushing you closer to um, having a more well-rounded leadership um, you know, uh, capacity in your life. And I think that's a, a really important thing. So let me um, ask you this final question, Sean, and that is, and I always like to ask people this question just because I feel like it helps, it helps uh, people learn more about uh, the person. And that is, you know, if you were, um, you know, uh, you had one more opportunity to uh, speak to somebody and they wouldn't see you again. And this is, this would be it. What would you want to be known for? What's your last lasting memory you want people to have of you? Service that I'm, that I'm a servant. Um, I love, I love the, the, the moments as a teacher when you really help somebody, whether it's academically and they, you know, they understand the concept or you help them through a, um, a personal battle that they're mm -hmm. going through. It's, I think it's that satisfaction and that, that um, connection that really put drove me into to this race. I mm -hmm. think um, I want to help people, you mm -hmm. know, not politically, not from a Democratic perspective or a Republican perspective. I just want to help people improve their lives. Um, and anything that I can do to to be part of that process is mm -hmm. something that I take a lot of pride in. And so I would like to re be remembered as a servant to my community, um, mm -hmm. somebody who just wants to help. Yes. And on that note, man, that's, that's awesome. So I... Um, no pun intended, learned a lot, you know, from this, uh, from this recording, this podcast. And Sean, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're very busy 
And so for those of you who don't know, we're, we're recording on a Saturday morning. I know that uh, he just uh, had his uh, you know week of school and he's you know doing his thing on the campaign trail. Um, but um, I really do appreciate you taking the time to, to be with me this morning and, and uh, just going to share in your heart and sharing uh, some lessons for us. And I think if anyone's in business or you're, um, you're just in, in your social life in general, I think that we all have something to learn. And so don't forget that uh, learning is a process. It's not something that just comes uh, naturally. You got to keep pushing and keep forcing yourself to read more books, you know, connect with more people, push yourself out of your comfort zone. I think as you continue to learn, you continue to grow and you continue to pour in other people and help them as well. And so uh, for those of you who may be new to the podcast, uh, I want you to uh, do me a huge favor. If you could share this, if you can subscribe, if you can rate uh, rate the show, I would really, really appreciate it. And uh, if you uh, want to connect with me, you can connect and you can see some of my information on on the, uh, the post. Uh, but until next time, this is Jonathan McKinnis with the Purpose and Performance Podcast. Sean, thanks again for being with me, man. Thanks so much. It was therapeutic. All right. You guys have a great one and we will talk to you soon.